Newton Media Group, a family of creative services, presents the Voice Over Work podcast. This is Monday, January 24th. On the podcast today, we'll take a little deeper look into a book introduced in a previous podcast with a chapter-by-chapter look at The Independent Thinker, written by Patrick King, narrated by Russell Newton. Chapter 1. Freedom from Illusions of Reality We've had a brief look at what independent thought is and looks like, as well as the different stages or levels of its development as we mature as autonomous thinkers. Let's dig a little deeper now and consider one not-so-obvious way to immediately improve our intellectual faculties, remove the biggest obstacles that stand in their way. In the chapters that follow, we'll consider the major impediments to truly independent thinking and remove them one by one, almost as though we were gradually polishing a mirror, removing layer after layer of grime and dirt. Once the mirror, i.e. our powers for independent rational thought, is spotless, we can see reality in crisp and perfect clarity. The biggest threats to robust and clear thinking lie within us. As mentioned earlier, the biggest mistake we can make when improving our critical thinking skills is to falsely assume that we are thinking at all. An example will demonstrate this perfectly. A big firm hiring team spends countless person hours and invests tons of money into candidate screening software and complicated interview processes, all in an earnest attempt to hunt out and hire the objectively best new employees. In the final interview round, the boss takes a look at a candidate and announces, I know her final scores weren't great, but I don't know. I've got a good feeling about her. Let's pick her. Or perhaps worse, because this candidate unconsciously reminds him of his daughter, or because her accent or her shoes or the spelling of her name holds some unconscious positive associations for him, the boss announces that she is, in fact, the best candidate. He genuinely believes this is a rational, obvious choice, and he may convince everyone else that it is too. Chapter 2. Freedom from Internal and External Pressures So, it would seem that our brain's greatest virtue and its biggest limitation are the same, its tendency to create shortcuts save time, make helpful assumptions, and fill in the blanks. We've considered certain quirks and idiosyncrasies of our brains and how we can improve our thinking by being aware of the distortions inherent in our perception, emotions, unique perspectives, and memories. Now let's turn to another major roadblock to independent thought. We can call it a lack of open-mindedness, or be blunt and call it sheer pig-headedness. You'd like to think that people place a high value on being open-minded and, as Aristotle said, entertaining multiple thoughts without fixating on one, but sadly that's far from the reality. In fact, it's far from how we are wired as humans. You only have to scroll through the comments of any social media platform or news website to know that people really aren't so interested in hearing what other people have to say. If there is a stance, there is an antithesis to that stance. Furthermore, Agreeing to disagree is not an option either. Even when there are no stakes, most people seem to feel tangible physical pain at the prospect of changing their mind and absorbing conflicting information. Why are people so closed-minded? 
What causes this quirk of humans to hold on to what it knows as the truth and habitually disregard others? Why do we stick to an opinion, any opinion? Like many behaviors that emphasize immediacy over accuracy, we can generally use the survival instincts of the brain as a scapegoat. It may sound cliché to say at this point, but it's the truth that the human brain is still stuck in the African savanna about 10,000 years ago and hasn't quite turned down its alarm system. Chapter 3. Freedom from Flawed Thinking Somewhere along the line, it became fashionable for certain kinds of schools to claim that they didn't teach pupils what to think, but rather how to think. This focus on quality rather than content is a keystone of independent original thought, but it's much rarer in real life than most would like to think. Some are blessed with academic intelligence, otherwise known as pure book intelligence. We can memorize facts and data, process and manipulate information, and regurgitate it in the format most likely to win marks and points on standardized tests. Being good at school is a narrow and specialized skill set, but it has limited applicability in the real world because it concerns the what and not the how. You probably know someone who earned straight A's in school or has a Ph.D., but has some beliefs and real-world behaviors that are, quite frankly, stupid. Practical intelligence is sorely lacking these days. It's also known as common sense, i.e., seeing the world for what it is. It's a style and quality of thinking rather than a particular set of thoughts. In reality, it turns out that how we navigate the world and approach it is far more important than what we know about it. Practical intelligence is about taking in your surroundings, ascertaining what's happening, and then making the best decision for you with the information you've got. This might seem to be the most important of thinking skills, but it's also never explicitly taught. We're mostly left to ourselves to figure it out, and this can easily explain a lot of the mental errors we observe people making daily, even those we ordinarily consider intelligent. Going out of business sale? Okay, I need to buy everything right Chapter 4. Freedom from the Demands of Others So far in this book, we've been questioning the unspoken assumption that our brains are neutral, computer-like entities that accurately appraise the world around us and make objective decisions about it. In Chapter 2, we considered how our perceptions and our cognitions could be heavily influenced or even completely determined by peers or the social influences that surround us on every side. To be an independent thinker means being aware of these effects and doing what it takes to work against them, but it's probably becoming clear that they are not just cognitive, intellectual threats to clear and independent thought. Human beings are also social, emotional, and even spiritual creatures guided by our thinking and feelings, and we don't merely feel in isolated, discrete ways within ourselves, but we feel with other people. Without empathy, compassion, and cooperation, we would lose our humanity in a very tangible way. However, being enmeshed and engrossed in the feeling worlds of others is something that can understandably jeopardize our ability to think and feel for ourselves. Being an independent thinker is not just a simple matter of sitting in a quiet room and teasing out a nice, clean, logical line of reasoning. No matter how pure of thought, Nobody can escape the fact that they live in a world with others. 
This world has pronounced moral and ethical elements. It's a world where family obligations and commitments exist, compromises are often necessary, and being kind and correct are not always the same. The question then becomes, where did my thoughts begin and the other person's end? What is my intention, and what is a demand or expectation placed on me by others? What is my personal perception and judgment, and what is my... Chapter 5. Freedom from Yourself We explored healthy and intelligent ways to put up and enforce boundaries in the previous chapter. A selfish, narcissistic, or overly demanding person can jeopardize your serenity and clarity of thought just as much as blatant misinformation or peer pressure. Just as you have boundaries around the quality and content of information you absorb and process, you have boundaries around the people you engage with, the activities you fill your day with, and the lifestyle you choose to lead. And this brings us neatly to the theme of our final chapter. Lao Tzu said, Knowing others is intelligence, knowing oneself is wisdom. Practice setting boundaries with others, and soon enough, you'll start to wonder, what about behavior that you're unwilling to tolerate from yourself? What if the boundary you most need to set up is between a past version of yourself and the present more evolved version? The Courage to Change It's an admirable thing to stand up to toxic takers, get clear on your values and goals, and practice critical thinking and independent thought, despite the social influence and peer pressure. But a nobler goal? Freeing yourself from your past traumas, the demons that haunt you, and the negative beliefs that keep you chained to a limited experience of reality. Raw intelligence means little if its functioning is constantly colored and clouded by emotions and unconscious issues that cancel out any rational thought you may have. Let's put it plainly. When the past overly influences you, you're less able to think independently, less creative, less adaptable, and less able to think analytically. It sounds like something from an old kung fu film, but it's true. In the quest for true wisdom, our most... This has been The Independent Thinker, written by Patrick King, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2021 by Patrick King. Production copyright by Patrick King. More information regarding today's book and the author can be found at audible.com or amazon.com. Show notes and further information can be found at russellericnewton.com. With a collection of trivia, research, news stories, and knowledge from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, this has been the Voice Over Work Podcast, brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.